Hi, everyone. Thank you for again welcoming us into your homes. We're continuing on in our series on the sayings of the wise from the book of Proverbs. I want to talk about the fact that it takes wisdom to make a home today. Well, there was an American folk song originally from the Appalachian Mountains in the 1930s, I think it was first traced back to, that has been sung by Bob Dylan and Dolly Parton and perhaps made the most famous by Eric Burden of the Animals in 1964. And the uh, folk song goes this way. There is a house in New Orleans. They call it the Rising Sun. And it's been the ruin of many a poor boy. And God, I know I'm one. Goes on to say, O mother, tell your children not to do what I have done. Spend your lives in sin and misery in the house of the rising sun. Well, this folk song really depicts a bit of wisdom that the book of Proverbs talks about as well. The house of the rising sun. I remember as a kid, we used to sing uh, and play Amazing Grace to the tune of the house of the rising sun. And that's an interesting counterpoint to the actual song, The Rising Sun, because instead of uh, the destructiveness of the house of the rising sun, Amazing Grace is really about the grace that it can only come that can deliver us from uh, the house of the rising sun. So in the book of Proverbs, like in American folklore, houses are often associated with wisdom and its opposite in biblical language, that's folly. And our text is Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 4. By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Let's pray. So Father, we thank you for wisdom and the house that it's built. It's not the house of the rising sun. It's a house filled with rare and beautiful treasures. We pray, Lord, that we would honor you in choosing to go to your house, to go to your place, to, to establish wisdom in our hearts and our lives so that we could live lives which are pleasing to you and which really demonstrate those rare and beautiful treasures that you talk about in the book of Proverbs. In your name, amen. So if you're to build something of lasting value or to make a house a home, even to build a lasting, lasting values in your own home, in your own family life. It will require wisdom. That's what our text is saying. Understanding and knowledge. Its rooms are then filled with rare and beautiful treasures. This is how a house becomes a home. This is how a house becomes a dwelling place that people will love to uh, be welcomed into. But it requires attention. In order to, to build this house of wisdom, it, it does not come automatically. It does not come easily. When you think about building a home, you start with a dream, and then you have to have plans, architectural drawings, and then you have to hire expertise, and then you have to purchase uh, all of the supplies necessary, and then you have to have a schedule of how the house is to be constructed, and various things have to come before other things, and then you have to pay attention to oversight to make sure that everything comes together. And, and all of that is expensive. All of that requires understanding. All of that requires knowledge. And so what this proverb is, is telling us is that in order to build a house of wisdom, in order to have a foundation and all the rest that's necessary, it will require work on our part. It's not cheap. I know just the other day I was looking at uh, two-by-fours, and uh, right now two-by-fours are almost $10 each. It was an 
which is an incredible amount of money to build to pay for building supplies. Someone told me the other day that in a new house being built today, the cost of increase in lumber is adding something like $50,000 to the cost of a home. Now, in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is also personified as a woman who builds her house. We see this in in, uh, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1 to 6, and then in verses 13 to 18. In verses 1 to 6, she has prepared a meal for those who would come to her house of wisdom. And she says, let all who are simple come in here and come and eat my food, drink my wine, leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. In a very similar way, in verses 13 to 18 of Proverbs chapter 9, uh, folly is a woman, lady folly. And it, it's, so folly is, is personified in this terms of a, of a woman who also builds a house, who also calls. And uh, like the house of the rising sun, it's not a very good place to find yourself. She offers, instead of rare and beautiful treasures, instead of uh, a delicious meal, she offers stolen water and uh, food eaten, eaten in secret. She says, it says literally, stolen water is sweet and food eaten in secret is delicious. She too, like uh, Lady Wisdom, sits at the highest point of the city and calls out to the naive, to the simple, come and, and, and test her, her fares, come and check out what she has. What's interesting in the Proverbs is that folly or Lady Folly is louder and more boisterous than Lady Wisdom. She calls out boldly and loudly, while Wisdom tends to be quieter and more soft-spoken. She appeals to the naive. Things done in secret and forbidden have a certain appeal. There is an expression that I heard when I was a young person, stolen watermelon tastes sweeter. And, and doesn't it seem that way, that, that sometimes things done in secret or, or things done that are forbidden seem to be more appealing than the status quo or, or, or things done out in the open? I remember as a kid, uh, three, four, five-year-old uh, living in southern Ontario, our next-door neighbor had a garden, and uh, my siblings and I used to go into the garden and steal her peas and eat her peas raw. Now, I don't think that I'd ever eat uh, peas. I don't think uh, as a kid I liked vegetables that much, except there was some kind of intrigue or some kind of uh, desire or, or some kind of appeal to uh, eating stolen peas from our neighbor's garden. And so uh, uh, Lady Folly calls, and her, her call is appealing. Uh, Come, eat the stolen water and the secret food. Uh, but little do they know, this is the last verse, verse 18 of chapter 9, but little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of the grave. Interesting. Well, there's a song as well from about that era of the House of the Rising Sun called Hotel California, and it has that kind of vibe. Uh, This is the last few lines of Hotel California. Last thing I remember, I was running for the door. I had to find the passage back to the place I was before. Relax, said the night man. We are programmed to receive. You can check out any time you like but you can never leave. That was by the Eagles in 1977. 
And the authors of the song said that they were really were talking about the hedonism of, of uh, Hollywood, California, and the fact that you, uh, uh, you enter, perhaps naively, perhaps innocently, into the whole kind of corporate uh, America prestige era, but you can never really get out, and it grabs your heart, and it, it starves you of, of uh, your innocence, and perhaps your, your love of life, and uh, that's what the song is really about, but it has a very similar motif to the proverb that we've been talking about. It's be very careful about folly. Be very careful about entering into the house of folly, or you may never be able to get out unscathed. So build a house of wisdom, says our text. Uh, Intentionality is required. Understanding and knowledge are needed, and they're not cheap. They require some effort in order to obtain them. Folly, on the other hand, uh, is boisterous. It's loud. It calls in appealing ways. But be careful, be careful, don't go there unless you want to see dead people. Let's pray. So, Father, thank you that you have called us to wisdom. Thank you that we find wisdom in you and in your word. And, Lord, we we recognize that at times the, the call of folly is loud and boisterous. It's appealing. Uh, There is a certain um, chasing after things that are forbidden, and and we see that all the time in in, uh, people's lives. And Lord, we want to just be known as as people who pursue wisdom and righteousness in your ways. Lord, I thank you for the precious and rare treasures that are found by following you. And we also want to admit and confess that we have found... uh, in the house of folly, that there is death and there is uh, no life there at all. And Lord, so we pray. We pray for those who are caught in uh, places like uh, the house of folly uh, that Lady Folly built or the house of the rising sun or the Hotel Californias of this world. We pray for their deliverance. We thank you that only you can deliver. And Lord, we recognize your power in our lives to deliver us and to help us and to enable us to live lives which are pleasing to you and which are also uh, demonstrating rare and beautiful treasures. Lord, we pray this in your name. Amen. Let's continue to worship, and I'll be back with a concluding comment. Actually, the call to the house of wisdom is the gospel message. It's the call to the household of faith. Um, For many years, perhaps, the gospel has been perceived too much as being an individualistic kind of thing, as if, as if it was all about personal salvation. Really, the call of the gospel is to community salvation. It's to enter into a community that demonstrates the salvation of God, not just individualistically or not just individually, but as a community. And so it's a fitting uh, metaphor for the church to call it the, the house of wisdom. It's the community of faith. It's the household of faith that we come to. And as we enter into the household of faith, as we enter into the, um, the redeemed life, the, the life that's alternative to the culture, we put aside the decadence and the greed and the violence of this world. And, and we begin to sing. In the book of Revelation, it says, we sing the song of the Lamb, the song of the redeemed. We demonstrate to the world outside 
that we have a different kind of life, not only individually, but also corporately. We have a different kind of community where everybody can be belong, where there's, where there's tolerance, where there's acceptance, where there's love, where there's a sense of, of well-being, where there's the good life. You see, the task of the church is not to condemn evil, but to demonstrate redeemed lives, to demonstrate the life of the slain lamb, the life of Jesus, the life of the community that has come to understand a different way of behaving, a different way of interacting with one another. This is the rare and beautiful treasure, I think, that's referred to in our proverb. So that's our challenge, to live the life of the redeemed, to live in the house of folly, and to demonstrate to those outside that we live a different kind of life a life with rare and beautiful treasures, a life that really is attractive to those who want to live the good life. Romans chapter 11, verses 33 and 36. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.